a look. Frank Walker for national tiles. <laughs> oh, Frank. The, the tile that just keeps on <laughs> going and going and going. You're like, it works though. Like when I had to redo my bathroom, I was like, I guess I go there. <laughs> Are there any other tile shops? <laughs> Beaumont. Yeah, Beaumont tiles. Yeah. I will stop biting my nails now. How are you going with that? Oh, I have good days and bad days. Mm. Have you tried that paint stuff? Yeah, I've got it on there at the moment. Doesn't it? It tastes bad, doesn't it? Yeah, you sort of get used to the taste. Push through it. That's very unhealthy. <laughs> it doesn't help things pretty mm. much, no. Are you going to go get a manicure when you're overseas? I don't have much time, actually. Mm. It's nice to do it, though, because it forces you to just sit down and just to be there. Because in my mind I would have done that in Bangkok, but I'm only there for a little while, so... Um, I think by the time I get up, have food, go for a swim, they'll have to be back at the airport again. Jesus. So there's not going to be much time You're for it. You're not going to have much time. But it, it's just amazing how much when you eliminate having to do work, how much time opens up. <laughs> and you get to the point that you're like, how do I fit work in? Yeah, exactly. I've got all these things I need to do. My to-do list next week is um, like I'm going to Jim's swimming lesson and in my head I'm like, okay, so Tuesday so I'm full on. I'm going to that swimming thing. <laughs> It's like 45 minutes. End of list. Yeah, 45 minutes. But because I'm so used to having to fit that in around work, like on a usual day if I had work and then I had something else to do, like go to the post office, I was like, how am I going to fit this in? I don't think I can. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> this, is, this is too much. I did do a good thing though. I um, had all because I've just I moved into this new place um, three months, four months ago, and I still get mail from previous tenants mm. and I um, have written, bundled it all up and written on all of the envelopes no longer at this address and I've had them in my purse for yeah, three months. Like every time I check the mailbox, I get more and just add them to the pile. The other day I did the same so thing. I was many. cleaning up my room and found a letter. So for some, I don't even know. I know the last two yeah. people who lived in the house and mm. neither of these was this person. Ooh. And I was cleaning it up and I think I got it in like June. Yeah. But some of them <laughs> look sorry. like bills. A few yeah. of them, like one was from some pathology place and I'm like, that could be an important cervical reminder. Like probably. I probably need to forward that on. Mm-hmm. So I bundled them Time all up. Time for your pap smear, love. Yes. And that's an important note. So I put them all in the post box oh, and hopefully nice. they've got to there. Hope, I don't know. It will probably just be an accumulation of bills and some person will get a nasty Christmas surprise <laughs> and be like, fuck, this is now three months late. Why didn't this bitch send it to me three yeah. months ago? I've been busy. Also, don't, when you move, don't you put like a redirect? Uh, I looked into doing that with my old place, but it's like it was like $70 a month. Oh. It was a lot more than I thought it would be, so I just didn't bother and just kind of in my head systematically went through all the places that still send me mail and just contacted them. And uh, okay. Like I did the big ones like Medicare, Vic Roads. And yeah. I didn't think it would be that much. Those much. It was more than you think. Much. It's one of those services where yeah, you're like, that'll right. be $5, and no, it's not. No, it's not. This is an unusual start to a podcast because we're starting with the bitch at the start. I know. We usually do that at the end. Am I bitching about Australia Post? Oh, do you well. know what is handy though? Their giant post boxes helped me move house because they're so sturdy. Oh, they are, yeah, they are good actually. They currently hold our podcast equipment and they're, they're waxy and reliable and they, they never break. I don't know how we got these. Uh, my uncle had worked for Australia Post and he had uh, hundreds of them. Anytime he were moving, you just said, can you get me somebody? He'd be like, I'll hook you up. <laughs> and they're so good. So good for moving people's houses. Yes. Not so good with delivering a – it took a week to get a postcard the other day from Sydney to Melbourne. That seems like a long time. Seems like a long time. I think it's over a week. Uh. Anyways, let's do our podcast. Let's do the podcast. Everybody, welcome to Bitch Please. Yes. This is your pop culture hotspot where we talk celebrity profiles, social scandals, and women making noise in the media each week. Women are so 
so noisy. <laughs> quiet down. Just everyone just be quiet. Men do the business. <laughs> just be grateful for what we've got. Uh, well, that's inter- uh, it's interesting that you say gratitude because I'm talking about Salma Hayek. Ah, oh, yes. Um, we've talked a lot about Harvey Weinstein and the impact that his predatory behaviour has had on women and how his victims are recovering and finding their voices to speak out against sexual assault. Before you get into Salma Hayek, how are you feeling about that whole thing because every time like we come to do this I do try and go okay we need to move away from this because yeah. it's just engulfing uh you know the conversation so mm-hmm. much but then I end up just circling back and going it just gets bigger yes. every day where where do you sit with it um I have been torn because I'm I'm like is yes yeah, is the Harvey podcast mm, and yeah are we kind of just talking too much about him like this yeah. is not what we wanted to do but no. I think it's important because we're talking about how he's affected these women's lives and how and how they have then taken action. So they've been faced with an obstacle and how they work around that and find success and find their voice. Like that's kind of what we're interested in, how women face up against the challenges of life and, yeah. and how we work around that and maintain mm. our integrity and our dignity and, and push through with our creative pursuits. Um, so I think it's I think it's okay. I'm all right with it. It's hard not to. It's hard to sort of – because in my mind yeah. when we first started this, I thought it would be really good because we can use this medium to talk about all the noisy bitches to yeah. just won't, you know, won't quieten down. Yeah. Um, but all the, all the Harvey Weinstein stuff broke as we sort of started and yeah. it's hard to sort of go, okay, well, I don't want to keep harping on about how terrible no. this is and, you know. But then every time I think, okay, well, it's sort of dying down a little bit and then you get whacked with another massive There's story. I'll ask Salma Hayek. Yes. So – Selma's come forward um, and she's written a very powerful piece this week as part of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so briefly on her, she's she's now 52. She's a mix of Mexican and Lebanese with family from Lebanon and Spain. Wow. Uh, her mother's an opera singer and her father is an oil company executive. She studied international relations at university. Uh, married Francois Henry Pinot, who he kind of looks like a older, squishier Daniel Craig. Um, <laughs> squishier. He's, he's enorm- <laughs> enormously wealthy, like obscenely wealthy, like right, a, net, okay. a net worth of almost eighteen billion dollars. Wow. Um, he his what company do you do with eighteen billion dollars. My boats. You're buying paint, a really good champagne. Paint your boats. I don't know. I don't know what you would do. Beyond a billion, I think, you know, I mean, it's just the interest on that is just. That's it. Like yeah. you don't have to do anything. No. It's just your billions sit there and give you more yeah. billions. I, well, you you spend it on your kids, I guess. Um, so his company owns um, the fashion brands, the big French ones. He owns, you know, Gucci, Balenciaga, Yves Saint Laurent. Oh. And um, his family owns uh, Chateau Latour in Bordeaux, which is a name I only know thanks to Phoebe and Friends. She talks about... Chateau Latour. <laughs> Does she do it like that? She talks about an episode. She's um, on a... Uh, she's out for dinner with um, Rachel and Rachel's dad trying to tell Rachel... Uh, trying to tell him that Rachel's pregnant and he orders a Latour or something and she's, <laughs> she says something about the Latour being absolute piss. <laughs> It's very funny. Um, <laughs> so that's how I, that's how I know of that winery. Apparently, it's one of the best in in France. Um, so Selma and Francois Henry have a daughter, Valentina, and he was embroiled in a high profile child support situation with Linda Evangelista. They have a child together who's five. Oh, okay, um, but apparently that's all sorted now. 
So Selma is, she's a very strong supporter of female rights. She's done humanitarian work and uh, she memorably went to Sierra Leone and with UNICEF and she breastfed a week old infant. Do you oh, remember that's that? that's right, yeah. Yeah, um, her mother, the mother wasn't producing milk so she jumped into kind of destigmatized breastfeeding. It was quite controversial though at the time. It was very much, very much. It reminded me of the Kate Langbrook thing when she was breastfeeding on, mm. on camera and there's still such a hesitation about a woman who feeds her kid. It's just fucking ridiculous. Well, it's um, disgusting. Why would anyone want to feed their own child where other mm. people can see? Because clearly boobs are meant for the purpose of, you know, fun for men. Why would Sexual you get objectification them out? Yeah. In, yeah, nothing else. Um, so she became a soap star in Mexico and then she was an extra in a few American films. She did Desperado, Dogma, Wild Wild West, which I always hear the song whenever I see the film title, <laughs> The Will Smith. You, yeah, you've got to. Um, Fools Rush In. Um so Harvey was very powerful at this point. There were no Mexican actresses with leading roles in Hollywood. Uh, but she was inspired by the story of Frida Kahlo, the incredible artist, and she wanted to bring Frida's story to life and show a positive representation in, of Mexico and Mexican people. Um, so she was encouraged this week to – she was encouraged to speak out um, by a number of people that she knew and reporters. So she's chosen to discuss this private episode of her life that she thought she'd moved on from. She says she hid the responsibility to speak out and didn't consider her voice important or that it would make a difference. She also hesitated to face the challenge of explaining painful, painful details to her friends and family. She felt she felt like a nobody, yeah. she said, and he made her feel like a nobody. So Selma fought to get Freedom Made by Miramax and Harvey um, so the deal was Miramax, this was in the late 90s, uh, Miramax would pay for the rights to the film that Selma had already envisaged and already done all this work and got all these rights for these artworks and, and filming locations. And she would then get an actress payment and a credit as a producer. No payment for being a producer, Just which a was apparently common at that time. Wow. Uh, so she was also forced to, forced to sign a deal to do a few other films with the studio. Right, okay. Um, she was so excited because... Um, she felt like he was taking a chance on her. She was sort of um, – she felt she still felt like she was really lucky to be working in Hollywood um, and she felt like he was taking a chance on her and her vision and it was a real dream come yeah. true for her to work with this studio and get this film, start getting it made. What year is this? Uh, late 90s. Okay. So from there he would – Pretty much, you know, as soon as he met her, he would show up at the hotels she was at. She'd be, he'd be banging on the door, asking to shower with her, um, asking to give her oral sex. How does that just come? Like, how do you go from a business working to go? Let me just go knock on your door and just go. Oh, hey, so um, saw those new script pages. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, do you want to just jump in my shower real quick and yeah. we'll just keep on chatting about this? Well, this is this is what we're learning about how these deals are made. It's very secret. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of secrecy. There's a lot of very casual, informal interactions where you meet for a drink, and that's kind of where you get a deal made when people are a bit pissy. And and there is this like very blurry line of what is this relationship? Yeah, it's not a it's not a matter of just going into a, some clinical, some studio office and sitting down and having this totally above board discussion. It's all very informal, and um, that's why it's like it's shady to begin with. Yeah. So he would and he would get ferociously mad at her when she said no he would call her at all hours of the night and one minute he'd be sweet talking and the next minute he'd threaten to kill her so harvey didn't see selma as an artist or as a human being he called her incompetent as a producer and then he gave her this list of demands he decided because she'd rejected him he decided right well i'm not doing this stupid movie anymore uh he gave her this list of demands she had to rewrite the script 
free of charge. Sure. She had to raise $10 million for financing. She had to get an A-list director and she had to cast four roles with well-known actors. Jesus. She did all, without, all without a producer credit. She did all of that. Uh, p- payment, sorry. She did all of that. Her boyfriend at the time was Edward Norton, so he rewrote the script to get it ready for filming, and he was never credited for that. Wow. Uh, a female producer friend gave her $10 million. Uh, Julie Taymor agreed to direct. She'd won Tony Awards for her direction of The Lion King on Broadway, uh, which she, which has made $6 billion in ticket sales since wow. it started in the, in the 90s. Uh, and she asked her friends Antonio Banderas, Edward Norton, Ashley Judd and Jeffrey Rush to co-star in the movie. So tick, 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 yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, he was pissed. Harvey was pissed off. He no longer wanted to do the mo- movie at all but legally now he was kind of – she'd fulfilled everything. So um, – he would come on set uh, as they were filming. He'd complain she wasn't sexy enough um, and that the only thing going for for her was her sex appeal and her looks. I'm, I'm so, so the I'm unibrow sure. look was not going to work. <laughs> what? Who was looking there going, well, clearly Harvey has gone blind. Yes, and exactly. And we should be sending him yeah. to some sort of doctor to check yeah. that out because she is one of the sexiest women in the world. Ridiculous, yeah, and he is a toad. So <laughs> He's absolutely a toad. A toad. I know. And it just, it, again, it comes back to that currency thing of women that that her looks and her sexuality, that was what he was banking on. It had nothing yeah. to do with how much work she'd put in to produce no, the film. No, character or anything like that. Um, and he threatened to shut down the movie constantly and Salma and the director, Julie, had to stand up to him nearly every day just to continue filming. And he, she just she just wanted him to respect her as a capable artist at, with vision. She put the work into developing this challenging piece for film and he made her feel like she had no value and the film wasn't worth making at all. He then demanded a full frontal lesbian scene. Well, sure. Uh, She felt like she had to say yes. She'd spent years developing this movie. They were well into shooting. She'd worked so hard and convinced all of these people to take off time and do it. She felt this huge pressure. Uh, So she said yes and she had a nervous breakdown the entire day of filming that scene. Her body was rebelling completely. She was vomiting and convulsing. They had to give her a tranquilizer to calm her down. Jesus. Um, And she was so emotionally traumatised after doing it. Um, They finished the film uh, and Harvey wanted to send it straight to video. They did an audience test and the audience loved it. It got like the highest rating you could possibly get. He screamed at the director. He was completely furious that it was so well received. It was a huge success globally. It made $56 million and it earned six Academy Award nominations, including one for Salma's role. It won Harvey two Oscars, but he never never offered her a movie role again. Wow. Um, And she met with Pride and ego is so wrapped up in your own penis (laughs) that you can't even put that aside to go, shit. I might make. I might actually make good money on this investment. Yeah, he, but no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a tantrum, and he just I'm gonna couldn't stomp see. Around. He couldn't. He couldn't see her vision. So she met with Harvey years later at a social function, and he he pulled her aside and said, "You did really well with Frida. We made a beautiful movie." So now that it's kind of it's a success, and in hindsight, he's like, "Yeah, we did a great job." Yeah, not, not to mention time. the fact that you traumatized her. But so much time had passed. He traumatized other women <laughs> yeah. in that time. <laughs> So she moved on. Yeah, he'd moved on. So she'd been hurt and terrified and degraded by this man and she still tried to smile and remember his good points and um, she she said in this in this piece that she considered the fight against him to be like a point of pride but she realises now um, that we shouldn't have to fight to have our stories told. It shouldn't be war for women to make important, valued films and to be to be respected at work. Yeah. Um, and she finishes by saying that until we have equality, the industry will continue to be plagued by predators taking advantage of women. Um, and since then, The Guardian um, has analysed this, this point about money and women and how much they're paid uh, and how, you know, Selma used these words... Um, 
like lucky and grateful and, you know, when she should be feeling proud and talented uh, yeah. because that's what she is. Yeah, um, and successful. Um, but, you know, women women are underpaid and therefore they're undervalued and they undervalue their own their own ability to, to draw in money and to draw an audience and, and therefore how much they're worth. You know, Emma Stone made less than Ryan Gosling for La La Land and her performance in that was um, – it was so beautiful it was and touching and sensitive, yeah. and and there are scenes from that movie that I will remember forever. I I couldn't tell you one line that Ryan Gosling spoke that stood out for me. Yeah. So in terms of your investment, you're still going to pay Ryan Gosling more money than Emma Stone because he's a man. Just because of that, and it's a lot more. You know, women and actresses are sick of this shit. Like Jessica Chastain and Robin Wright. Jennifer Lawrence and um, Taraji, they're all speaking out and saying this is bullshit and yeah. they're not having it. They're yeah. not, you know, Jessica yeah. Chastain I think said she's not, she's just not going to take a role where she's offered a quarter of what yeah. the man is offered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you've got like you've got a, a leading lady role versus a supporting actor role oh, and yeah. he's getting more money just because he's Ridiculous because dude. he's a name and but they they know that if they push back they'll be replaced. Well, I remember a couple of years ago with that Sony hack as well that um, mm. it got released that Jennifer Lawrence got paid a lot less than Bradley Cooper for yes. Silver Lightning's Playbook, yes. I think it was. Yeah. And because she wouldn't have known what Bradley was on. No. She'd made reference to the fact that, oh, I've already, I'd already made a lot of money from two um, yeah. see, like really good franchises being The Hunger Games and the X-Men mm-hmm. series. So she'd already sort of tapped it down a little bit as well to go, look, I've, I'm doing really well. I am really lucky. Mm. I've made a lot of money. And, yeah, you have. Well played. Mm. High five. But, but that's not the issue. How much you've got in your bank account now is mm. not the issue. The fact is that you were both signed on to do a job and he immediately got more money. Yes. Now you can see like how that completely plays into how much then respect and power he has. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just it's, about the fact that she has plenty and she's quite happy to just settle for, you know, three million instead of six. Yeah. To it's go, much more than I'm that. I'm doing but, a great job and I'm enjoying my time. No, not the point at no, all because it no. filters down. Absolutely. Um, so the Wonder Woman director, Patty Jenkins, she's asked for $9 million to do the sequel, which is what the male equivalent would be. Sure. She's like, that, that movie made a ton of cash. $9 million, I thought it would be pretty cheap. It made $800 million. Yes. It is the first superhero film directed by a woman and it's broken all kinds of records. It's basically rescued the DC Comics franchise, um, yet no Golden Globe nominations. But hang on, directed by a woman and starring woman and it's still made money? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And That's it's, weird. It seems like in Hollywood they they put value on women as either sexy or not sexy. So that's your currency. And while while women are not seen as financially valuable, their stories and their contributions won't be seen as important. And that cycle continues where yeah. our stories won't get made and we won't get compensated appropriately for those stories. And it just keeps going. Um, some other examples, um, you know, Girls Trip, the first was the first film produced, written, and starring African American women to break over $100 million at the box office. Um, Tiffany Haddish hosted SNL as the first black female comedian. She's an incredible really? talent. The first one. Very worthy of investment. No Golden Globe nominations. Oh, right, okay. So it's very hard when these these women are, are making headway. white man's club. And they're not being yeah. rewarded for it. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith was on Twitter the other day saying um, they couldn't even get a screening of that movie in front of the Academy. No one would watch it. Oh. So how do you – you can't even – if no one's even willing to watch your work – yeah, how are you going to... You just, it's 
it's so bad. Like, like I, I do love Jada. Jada Pinkett every year makes a stand about something and I adore it. She yeah. she is very vocal yeah. and I love her for that. Yeah. She's just like the Oscars so white a couple of years ago. Yeah, she, she was, was like, like, I'm not even going. This yeah. is fucking Should bullshit. Should any of us even bother? Yeah. Like you'll, you'll let us hand out the awards but you <laughs> yes. won't give us a prize. And, um, but you won't even let us be in the running. No. Mm. And Greta Gerwig, she was snubbed for Lady Bird. She was, she was the director on that and that, that movie has a 100% Rotten Tomatoes rating. So it, the movie can be good. The movie can be groundbreaking. It can make billions of dollars. Still, we're not at a point where that's being rewarded with awards. So you're not getting the acclaim. But surely now it's got to be at that point where it's, this is ridiculous. Like yeah. how are you keeping us straight? It's like Harvey Weinstein calling out Selma Hayek for not being sexy. Like yeah. what? who the fuck yeah. is agreeing with you here? Like yeah. who is making these calls to go, yeah, no, that's uh, – Yep, so all the girls are, you know, they've done a great job, but let's just, let's put them back in the typing pool. Like, let's not tell them about how, like. Yes, it's frustrating. It's, this whole, this whole, um, as it sort of keeps pouring out, it's got that real feeling of the party stopped and the music's gone off. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's in the cold light of day going, oh. And everyone kind of oh, needs like. That's what uh, you've done. Everyone needs a bit of a shower. Yeah, everyone's a bit gross and. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, tell me what you've got. Well. <laughs> Mine's going to be a bit of a gear change because I wanted to talk about Margot Robbie. The Golden Globe nominations have come out this week. Yes. Uh, as we know that, you know, um, the ladies from Wonder Woman got uh, dismissed. Yes. Uh, Margot has been uh, nominated, which I kind of just love. So mm. she is just – she is that girl who is – gorgeous and funny and smart and nice and her friends are great and her husband's amazing and you want to hate her. <laughs> like you just, she has too much <laughs> luck or something. Like she's got too much going for her. But she's just so freaking nice that yeah. you you can't hate her. No. You just, you just love her. You're charmed by her. You mm. want her to succeed. Mm. And that's a very conflicting thing for me. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like people who are just effortlessly, everything comes my way well, and it's amazing. Well, I mean, I... I'm sure that there is effort put in. There is a lot of effort to put be in. Margot okay. Robbie. No, so she's she's got tons and tons of effort. It just yeah. seems that uh, my initial reaction would be like, "Ugh, you've got everything. I hate you guys." Yeah. But I love her. I th- I want her to succeed. I want her to win all of the awards. Yes. I think she's incredibly talented mm. and just super smart, and has made some really good choices um, with what she's done. Um, in she's a very, very short amount of time. So this yeah. is what um, I, I don't have much of a bio to give you about her because well, she's so young. She's so young. <laughs> she's twenty eight. She's a baby. Yeah. Um, she's grew up in the Gold Coast. She's born in nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, at wow. the age of, she did cover little um, small films and stuff. And when she was seventeen, took herself off to Melbourne and mm-hmm. auditioned for a couple of bits and pieces and got on to Jan Russ, the um, casting producer for Neighbours, mm-hmm. and got cast as Donna Friedman. Mm-hmm. So she's on Neighbours for sort of three, four years and the story goes that the whole time she was on Neighbours, she basically saved every single penny that she could possibly find because she knew she wanted to go to LA. Wow, okay. And she was going to have to have cash behind her to make a mm. real good go of it, mm-hmm. which I kind of – I think that's what kicks it off for me. Yeah, I love like, that. You have a plan. Mm. I think a lot of people would just really go, hey, I'm doing really well, I'm on Neighbours, mm. this is my plan, um, I'm, I'm on a long time – I'm a working actor in a long time, so – but she seemed to really have a goal of going, no, I'm, I'm going to soak up everything I can. I'm going to learn everything I can. And she's done a couple of interviews where she said that she, because um, she knew that was what she wanted to do, she wanted to go to Hollywood, that she doing, you know, the five, six episodes a week that they do, mm. 
it was great learning experience for her mm. because she wanted to get it right, but she's got no time yes. to think about it. So yeah. it's very intensive working on neighbors. They work alongside us in the same building and their shooting schedule is nuts. It's, it's just, they work so hard and very you hard. Know, they're, they're putting out so much content. Mm. Um, but with you think of, you know, someone so young and someone so adorable and she was nominated for Logies and things like that, it would be easy for her to just to rest on her laurels and yeah. go, I'm hot and I'm on Neighbours. <laughs> um, but she didn't. So then she, once she finished uh, in 2011, she went off to Hollywood mm-hmm. and pretty well straight away got cast uh, in a TV, the TV series Pan Am with Christina Ritchie. Oh, yes. Which yep. is the um, flight attendant yeah. um, back in the day. Um, and then that was cancelled, I think, after two series, something like that. Still, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of work. Uh, well done. You know, like how many actors are vying for TV spots? Yeah, um, any kind of work in Hollywood, and you land there, mm. and boom, and you're playing an American as well. So, mm, okay. you know, she's she's not just you know going on um, the um, hot Australian girl. Yeah, cast, um, yeah, cast me as like girl on beach. Yes. Yeah. Um, so good girl, and that was opposite Christina Ricci as well, which mm-hmm. amazing. How, how do you go to work with Christina Ricci? Because yeah, she's, she's just great. the coolest. Yeah, she's very like, cool. Um, can I go drinking after work? Because <laughs> I want to say that I went drinking with Wednesday Adams so yes. bad. Um, and then this is where, you know, so she's done that. She's gotten a role straight away and then she got cast in um, as Naomi in The Wolf of Wall Street, so opposite Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. A film that was directed by Martin Scorsese. I I read some one of those stupid articles about like you, you know crazy audition processes and these actors went way too far in their auditions and she was one of them she got so into the role um the director was pretending to to play this you know antagonistic male dominating role like um and she was you know his wife or whatever yeah. and he said something to her like just you know come over here and and kiss me or fuck me or whatever and she stormed over to him and slapped him in the face <gasps> and like they gave her the role Fair enough. Yeah. Because I remember what I'd read the book and so I knew oh, that I, didn't I know knew it was that, a book. Yeah. Jordan, um, God, what's his name? Jordan Belmont? Belford? Mm-hmm. Yes. Belford. Yep. Jordan. Um, yep. it, the book is crazy. It's it's such an eye opener. Um, anyway, so this character is just, she's massive. Like he, he talks about her in the story about how she's just the hottest thing, but he kind mm. of ha- love hates her. Mm-hmm. Like they have this real sort of um, explosive relationship. Anyway, so I'm watching this film and I know that's. Neighbours Girl, I know that's mm. Little Aussie Girl, and you're just blown away. I'm going, she's she's doing that opposite Leonardo DiCaprio, so yeah. big, 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 big mm. actor guy um, and being directed by Martin Scorsese. Mm. And by all reports, two not very easy, loving, no. kind. Not easy people to work with. <laughs> no, and she absolutely held her own. She was great. Yeah. I, I was watching it going, I know your Neighbours Girl, and I kept yeah. forgetting. I kept forgetting that she wasn't yeah. this, um, you know, person from Long Island yeah she did such an amazing job I think that since then to go that's an amazing thing you just did yeah Um, she's very good in focus too I've seen like two minutes of focus is fun it's really fun that were they con artists yeah I love I love a con artist story I also love matchstick men I think they need to remake matchstick men with chicks oh be good but then so with Margot, then she's gone on um so from Wolf of Wall Street then she went on and did um she did Focus with Will Smith. She did Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with Tina Fey. Ah. Um, she did an uncredited cameo in The Big Short. Yep. Uh, which is just her in a bubble yes, bath drinking I remember that. champagne, which yep. is one of the great – like imagine going to work, reading that script and going, okay, get in bath, um, <laughs> look hot, lots of bubbles, tell people to fuck off. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> okay, uh, done. Yeah. How, How much am I getting paid for this? Yeah. Cool. Yep, sweet. I'll, I'll, um, I'll get my roots done and I will be there. <laughs> 
Uh, sure. Put actual, I want real water in the bath. Yeah, you'd, like, you'd make some demands. You'd be like, can you make those bubbles look real foamy? You know, yeah. in these movies, they make it look really, they're really dense. Yeah. I make a bubble bath every night for my son and I'm always a bit disappointed. I'm like, it's fluffy, but yeah, they're very, no, they're very airy. Lots. Yeah. How do you get that density where it looks like you could almost sculpt something out of them? I yeah. Think, I think like, they put shaving foam in. To boost it up, do you I think they do, yep. You're going to have to try that. I'm going to have to try it. Um, and then what did you do after that? So after Whiskey Tango Fox, a movie I've not actually seen but I really want to. Mm. Um, she then did Legend of Tarzan. She did Suicide Squad and Chris, Goodbye Christopher Robin. And then the latest film was just about to be released. It's just been released in the US and it, it won't be released in Australia until the end of Jan is I, Tonya. Yeah, which can't I'm wait. really looking forward to seeing. It's unusual too, I feel, that with her face that she's able to be such a chameleon. Yeah. That she can do that kind of, um, you know, wartime mm-hmm. uh, army wife with, the, the you know, that wavy hair and she yeah. can do the 80s bombshell thing and she yep. can sort of do the sleek international spy kind of vibe. And yeah. she is so young. She's um yeah. she's got a very uh, adaptable face. Surprisingly, like she's got strong features. You know, she does. She's- she really does. And but you're still sort of managed. She's to me quite the character actor. Yeah, like just she's really of- good. And we don't have enough women doing that. Like we kind of really don't getting really getting into the character and doing the accents and doing the you know putting on almost a costume. We just yeah. don't have enough women who get to do that. As and much as must be so fun. As much as I love her, Sandra Bullock can't pull that off like I don't think she can do she's not the same chameleon character you don't I think? love her she's I, always she's always hot whatever she's doing like hot girl good hair I do adore her and I'm very excited about Ocean's 8 uh, her wardrobe it looks incredible it's all like really well tailored cool pants and little booties but you and think yeah, about amazing her, hair her between um the heat between the proposal what's going to be in Ocean's 8 Miss Congeniality yeah, yeah okay it's the same kind of look yeah all right she's, yeah she she's hasn't doing. sort of really um she hasn't uglified but then i don't know if you necessarily need to i think that there's this shit but not even uglified but just sort of sinking into those characters where you know margot does look different looks completely different yeah i i don't know the roll last to roll time to roll. i don't know the last time i saw sandy in a movie and i was like oh whoa, she's got curly hair in this or she's got like a bob, or apart yeah. from the blind side. Um, blind side a bit. Oh, extremely loud and incredibly close. She had a bit of a perm going on. Okay. Um, she had uh, that bob situation in Speed. That was a great do. <laughs> was a good do. Yeah. Do you reckon if we petitioned hard enough? <laughs> get her to cut her get her again. Cut off the locks and just go full bob again. Yeah. It was kind of like a 80s, almost like a sci-fi kind of vibe. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah. It's very... Um, Julia Roberts in the promo <laughs> picture in Notting Hill. <laughs> Where she's in outer space. For Hilux. Hilux? What's the um, It's set in space. <laughs> um, the readers of Horse and Heart will be very pleased. <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Flux or something. I might Flux? be getting confused with. There was, um, a, there was an ux in there. I'm I think sure. I might be getting confused. I might be getting confused with the. The actual Charlize Theron movie oh, set that's in right space. Too. It was called Flux. Was called the Aeon Flux Aeon or Flux. Aeon Flux. <laughs> Maybe we're both getting on. I'm getting them all the very wrong. confused. Um, but anyway, so the thing that sort of was striking me about um, Margot was that um, aside from just being impossible to not love her, um, was that I feel like she's missed that tall poppy syndrome that so many Australians seem to get tarred with so yes she's anyone who sort of goes off and does well like you know Cole Kidman's and your Russell Crowe's there's that element of 
oh, yeah, but just can you remember where you came from kind of thing? Like yes. it's like Australia sort of grabs hold of their coattails and pulls yeah. them back going, but, 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 wait, you're from Australia. Remember to tell everyone you're from Australia and that you grew yes. up in Australia and you eat Vegemite and kangaroos are awesome. I, I, and I did say a little bit about about that sort of stuff with her and I feel, I mean, it's trotted out with every, every Australian star that has to do the talk show stuff. There is a lot of that Aussie shtick where they have to get on and like, what are the different words you use? And she had to do something about, um, you know, we say Fanny for yes. um, a different reason. Yes. And uh, she's had to do a bit of that. But I, I don't feel like. Um, but I don't feel like Australia's not. I think Australia's embracing her. So. Yeah. She's, to go, yeah, go girl. Like we want you to do well. We want you yeah. to succeed. We want you to take on. Because really it's been since the last 20 years of Oscar nominations for Australians have been Nicole Kidman, Kate Blanchett and Naomi Watts. Mm, yeah. So we've had 20 years of amazing, amazing actresses. Yes. Um, you know, there's. You know, no short, but it's sort of nice to have this new face come in and actually kill it. Like yes. she is, she is. Look at her IMDb page, and it's got all like the red pre-production, pre-production, oh, and now exciting post-production. Like she's yeah. got so much going on. It's really, really great to see. Um, but just on Australia going for her. So do you remember last year she had she did um, there was an article in Vanity Fair uh, where this reporter basically just. Um, he, come, he was so he, – he said it was a joke. Mm. So he opens it up with saying, She's 26 and beautiful, not in that otherworldly catwalk way, but in a minor knock-around key, a blue mood, a slow dance. She's blonde but dark at the roots. She's tall but only with the help of certain shoes. She can be sexy and composed, even while naked, but only in character. As I said, she's from Australia. To understand her, you should think about what that means. Australia is America 50 years ago. Sunny and slow, a throwback, which is why you go there for throwback people. They still live and die with the plot turns of soap operas in Melbourne and Perth. Who is this asshole? So this is a guy by the name of Rich Cohen um, who, after the article came out, just got slammed by um, Twitter users everywhere. Because Surely this was a troll. Well, this like is like he, he surely he, he then wrote, came out and he went, filed this article. Funny, it was a joke. Yeah, I was joking. It's all a joke. Um, she tells him that she doesn't like speaking too much about her upbringing because people tend to focus on the stereotypes. He responds by saying that she's from a place where a dingo might eat your baby. Oh my god! <laughs> like, who is this? That's supposed to be fifty years behind. It sounds like this reporter has like he's Wikipedia'd Australia, but and watched Crocodile Dundee way too many times. <laughs> the other thing, like even so, lines being. A reporter for Vanity Fair. I just assumed you are just this world-class writer. But here's a sentence that really caught my eye. Her mother is a physiotherapist. Her father does some farming and some other stuff. Cool. All right. Good investigating. You know what's Good gross? Work. With that journalistic style, he's making the writing all about him. He's being deliberately antagonistic yes. and yes. he's making this interview that's supposed to be about her. He's seen it an, an opportunity yeah. to make this all about him. Yeah, so this guy, he's, he comes across as a so ignorant, small-minded, arrogant, mm. uh, and he writes like a guy who tried it on with a girl, got politely rejected, but then goes out of his way to tell all his mates how she's just not hot anyway. Yeah, she's not even that hot. Like, whatever. I don't like, even up care. Up close, like, she's a bit yeah, gross. Yeah, she's just... It's just disgusting. And I had to laugh. There was one. Oh, I copied and pasted it. It was so good. One girl tweeted back at him um, saying that this month's copy of Vanity Fair now comes with an extra sheen of Rich Cohen's semen all over the pages oh, of Margaret Robbie. Yeah. Because it really has this feel of he's a bit he's a bit bruised. So yeah. he's just kind of he's taking swipe after swipe at a swipe at her. Um, and Australia wasn't having it. They were like, "No, you can you can go and fuck yourself." Not only yeah. did you just insult uh, one of our best exports, you've also export uh, insulted a whole country. Yeah, and you can go fuck yourself. I love that we're now 
yeah, we're now defending our exports against this kind of ignorance that I think we've come a long way. It's really nice. Yeah, and that's what I hope, like reading all about her um, achievements and all a lot of the online um, sort of all the all the reports about her is so positive. It's all very positive. I think she's um, – I haven't got a lot of – Scan- There's no whiff of scandal around There's no whiff really. of scandal, but also it just seems like she's got that that air of someone who goes to work, works really hard and mm. is doing really well. Yeah. And it's so nice. There's also – so she just, she got married to her husband, Tom Ackley. Um, they released a photo last December. I remember saying. Where she's got the ring on and she said it looks like she's the giving finger. the bird. Yeah. yeah. So it's reported that she got secretly married in secret bar and Beirut location, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then reading – um, she was at the Hamptons Film Festival earlier, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, and one of the guests said, oh, congratulations on your upcoming first wedding anniversary. Mm. And she responded and said, yeah, it's been three years. So mm. she's even managed to sort of get around just having privacy and going, if it's been a year, if it's been three years, mm. um, I got married, doesn't, doesn't affect yeah, my work, really, doesn't yeah. affect anybody else, I'm yeah. quite happy, thank you, um, which I think is kind of impressive as well that she's not that person who, at, you know, 27, yeah. there's enough media attention, she could have sold those photos, she could have. Absolutely. She just sort of gets on with her business, which is yes. maybe that's why I like her so much. I think that's why I really like her too. She just is doing well and. Yeah. Um, this is kicking ass. So then in her, she's been nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, uh, as has the film. Uh, her fellow nominees are Judy Dench, um, Emma Stone, Helen Mirren, and is it Shersha Ronan? Searsha. Searsha Ronan. That's incredible company to be nominated with. Yeah, you'd be stoked. Is she likely to win? Uh, she's pretty well hot tipped. Okay, so I'm then, very excited to see this movie. I, Tonya, I cannot wait. She was, yeah, and she was in an, uh, an interview where she also got told she was being nominated for a, a Screen Actors Guild Award for outstanding performance by a female actor in a and leading she, role. She How completely, wonderful. she completely transformed, didn't she? She put on a lot of muscle, I think, to play. Yeah, it. she said she spent four months uh, figure skating for a couple hours every day. Wow, that's who wants to be on the ice that long? Like, that's <laughs> cold. Well, that, this is someone coming from someone who lived in Canada for for a couple of years. Like, what do you mean? It wasn't out in the ice though. Like yeah. in the like, I was always inside, keeping warm with beanies on. <laughs> what are they called again? Tooks. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> well, when you're getting paid handsomely, and you you know you're gonna, it's all for a for role sure. to absorb yourself into. And the thing I like about the idea about this movie too is, um, the writer was saying that when he was doing his research, he was speaking to Tonya Harding and to her ex-husband mm. and they gave such conflicting stories about the same event oh, that wow. that is the movie. So it is told from two perspectives. So the same in, um, the same events yeah. in um, the attack on Nancy Kerrigan and the lead up to it and just how much it differed. The fact that there, no one's got a clear yeah. Um, a clear timeline is. of what actually yeah, happened what here. actually played out. So I think then that's going to be really interesting to watch that as well. Um, but I just want to go see it and this is just a whole podcast about how amazing Margot Robbie is. <laughs> she does seem great. If she'd like to join us. If she'd like to join us. <laughs> Do you know what I like kind of love is we, even when she was like making all these films and earning tons of cash, she lived yeah. in a share house in London with like five of her mates. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's so fun. I mean, you do have to in London. It's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to live with five other people in a house in no. Camden or wherever she was. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed that. She's like, yeah, guys, let's all get a house together. Yeah. They're like, oh, Margot, you got a million dollars for your last paycheck. <laughs> We're, we work at a pub. Yeah. Little bit a little bit of different. discrepancy. Oh, bless. Uh, do you have a bitch for this week? Uh, I have a. I do have a little bit of a bitch this week. Um, it's it's only a minor one this week, um, but I've I've moved in um, 
you know, as I said, I moved into this place a couple of months ago. Um, it's, you know, a cosy little complex. There's only about 12 different apartments, like 1960s brick style. Very cute. I'm in the burbs. Um, it's nice and quiet. Uh and I, you know, I work full time, so I'm not often here. And the last day and a half, because we finished work now for the year, uh, I'm actually at home. And it's just such a novelty to be in my own home at like 11 a.m. <laughs> and just kind of like, on a f- yeah, Wednesday. on a weekday. It's very bizarre. Um, and I've noticed my my neighbors. I think they must work in hospitality because they come home at like they come home and will watch movies in surround sound at 4 a.m. Oh, that's fun. Or 10 a.m as I oh. found out this morning, oh. um, which is pretty fucking annoying. Uh, they also uh, will put on music really loud to either clean or have sex with. Oh, good. So well, you got I, a soundtrack, sure. It's so loud, though. I'm not surprised we haven't heard a bit of Sam Smith um, oh. way too good at goodbyes oh. halfway through this podcast. So it's terrible music. Well, no, I mean, I like Sam Smith. Huh. I think he's good. But it, it is but very much very just... very gut-wrenching, emotional, Yeah, it's please. odd. It's, it's obviously just like the Australian Top 40 chart on, like, Spotify or whatever. But I now, you it's know, like, I've, next I've, thing you're having like doing the vacuuming to unbreak my heart by like, Tony. Yeah, I know. Tony Maybe Braxton. they've gone through a breakup. Maybe you should go knock on the door. No, I think they're fine because they were having sex this morning. Oh, <laughs> emotional roller coaster. I know. Emotional roller coaster. <laughs> next door neighbors. Yeah, I've, I've been off work like a day and a half, and I already know all of the words to that new Eminem and Ed Sheeran rap because I've heard it like ten times. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's like your very own radio station next yeah, door. Yeah, so I'm ready for karaoke. But yeah, that's. I mean, it's a minor annoyance, and you know, there's a real nosy Parker next door. Mm. And she's just um, she's kind of one of those, you know, when you just leave your house and you're like, oh, she's there. Like she's watering or she's coming in with the mail or she's just kind of like hovering around. Oh, um, and I ran over a hose the other day, so she's pissed at me about that. <laughs> How dare you deliberately and decidedly go out of your way. Well, I um, I was coming down the shared driveway and she was that really fucking hot day this week and she was watering because she's middle-aged. And I don't know if I have a hose or if I use the communal hose. I don't know what the hose rule is. But uh-huh. she had the hose. She was hosing the plants. I was coming down the driveway. I had James. I just wanted to get in and make dinner. It was, you know, I had a long day. What were you supposed to do? That? The hose was going across well, the driveway. Well, she was, she was, yeah, it was across the driveway and she was down the other end. And I came in. I just kind of was, I, I thought about it for a split, split second. I'm like, should I stop, get her attention and get her to walk back up? But I was like, fuck this. And I just drove. Yeah, I would have She gave that. me the filthiest look when I parked. Like, oh. how dare you? I'm like, Any man and his dog would have done exactly the same thing. S- yeah. Send no me one is changing the, that. the Bunnings receipt. I'll buy you another one. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Worth it for not having to stop. Exactly. I'm in a rush. <sighs> what is your bitch of the week? Um, mine is, so as we're going uh, in the lead up to Christmas, yeah. everywhere is busy. Fuck yeah. Everywhere is packed. The parking situation at shopping centers everyone yeah. is fighting with one another to get like the closest park like possibly yeah. can to the shop and ignore the 20 empty spaces just maybe 20 meters yeah, over even. the other side yeah, maybe yeah can we just like there's a traffic jam to get in and out of this joint mm. because everyone doesn't want to walk any more than like four meters because that's fucking ridiculous and no Everybody's but could so we lazy. maybe just go and park over there and just get the traffic to move yeah. freely, people? Just I know. It's very frustrating. I, I, have think I have to have my windows up because I'm swearing <laughs> so loudly at people. It would just be I would get fined for some sort of disturbance. I I have like a little um a little area that I know of at at uh, at a west at my local Westfield. Oh yeah. Where yeah, it's maybe three hundred meters walk. <laughs> But That's I know okay. that like I can also, just I can just drive into the centre, drive to that little section that kind of looks like you're heading towards the loading bay, but actually yeah. there's a whole bunch of car parks there. So I park there and just walk. It takes also, me like literally three minutes. 
And that's but also you get a, extra few steps up. Like we're all supposed to be stepping. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I've done. Ten thousand steps a day. I, I haven't done. I don't know what I've done with my Fitbit. But, but yeah, can it, we just fucking calm down. I know. And can people also not? When I park my car, can they not park right next to me at the moment I'm getting in or right? out? Like I've, I've often got James with me and shopping and I'm trying to get a kid into the car or out of the car and someone will pull up next to me. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Just just you let me gone, get in. Like, there's a spot, like four spots up. Yeah, like, just go just, up. This it's, is, it's further away. I imagine that's what it's like when men go to the urinal and a guy just pulls up next to them. <laughs> like, dude. Apparently there's a real etiquette around this. Yeah, you've got to go at least a spot in between or something. You also have, a, have, have a spot, but then the problem is if you arrive last and say it's a three person one you go into the store you got to go into the store because you can't stand in the middle <laughs> can't stand in the middle women don't have that but i have no. heard i do either try to use the first or last store because i've heard they're the cleanest because people don't want to go into the first or the last store the first or ah yeah the first store is apparently always, always the, the last it it is curious to me and i will often note this around busy times in the shopping center the ladies toilets is disgusting are sometimes quite horrific yeah. and i'm like what are women doing that they're choosing this opportunity? What are they doing? Why is there shit to come all over in the and floor? do not actual shit, but like water sometimes, and toilet paper? Sometimes they come in there to do unspeakable things, and it's like we're, in a hurry. Just, we're shopping. We got to go out and yeah, hold well, hands I'm just and buy gonna, shit. Like just do a massive shit and literally like just leave it there and walk out. How busy are you? All the decorum goes out of the window. I know it's stressful. I know it's really stressful. And if you've had one of those giant coffees, like, and you need to go to the bathroom <laughs> in a Westfield, like, you got to do what you got to do. But oh, I think everyone just sort of goes, I'm not at home. I'm just going to go now. <laughs> How is that? This is not my house. What, what like this is my chance? <laughs> but why, why would you want to do that? Not my house, mate. It's like, it's like the exact opposite of those women who like, can't shit at work. Oh, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah, yet there yeah. are other women who are apparently going going to, to Westfield, Doncaster and just laying it out, whatever they need to do. Um yeah. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> on that lovely, lovely note. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can send us an email at bepleasepodcast. Please do. At gmail.com. We're, we're on all the socials and you can subscribe on iTunes so that you get us regularly, weekly, in fact. Please. Very exciting. Rate, review, subscribe, tell all your friends. You sound like one of those um, like one of those child YouTube stars that just Is that what they say? This, yeah, it's full on. Oh. Um, yeah, these kids have this script. Of like Right, review and subscribe. Yeah. Jim says subscribe it now because he, he watches this stu- stupid YouTube stuff and I'll notice now he'll sometimes with his imagination play if he's playing with Lego or whatever, he'll be chatting as if he's a YouTube star like talking about toys and stuff and I'll hear him say like, subscribe below. <laughs> it's, very, it's very cute but also wow. terrifying. It's subliminal terrifying. And he'd be not- like and he'd be like, This this Donatello has a has a purple purple um backpack and it's he's narrating oh. but also mm. describing the toys. It's a very unusual oh play mechanism i'm not sure about it child podcast uh youtube star yeah anyways rate us tell you what you reckon tell us all your good thoughts keep the bad ones to yourselves i don't care (laughs) um that is all from us uh goodbye see you goodbye see you goodbye bye